For Nerds by Nerds Production. Welcome back to the Four Nerds by Nerds Podcast. I am your host, Josh. And with me today, finally, is Quincy. Hey guys, it's good to be here. Um, I'm the one missing member that you guys uh, hear about, but don't ever actually hear. So I'm here today. Quincy in the house. Hey. We're going to uh, be talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League today. We're going to do a review with Miles from the Disc Dump Podcast. That's, uh, that's the main topic at the end of the show. So there'll be no Be Kind Rewind this week because Miles is kind of the person we're, we're promoting this week. So we will just do some news topics, and then we'll dive right into that. Quincy, you want to kick this off? Yes, sir. Yeah, so guys, on our four Nerds by Nerds news seg- segment this week, um, we're talking about video games. So in the past week or so, GTA has came out and said that they are going to pay a GTA player $10,000 for fixing the loading times in their game. You guys all know that GTA is one of the biggest games that Rockstar has ever made. So, of course, they're going to try to keep that cash cow alive. So they're going to keep pumping money into it and try to keep players on it as long as they can until eventually they make GTA 6. Uh, So stupid. Just just make GTA 6 already. Well, I mean. It's been (laughs) years. It has been years. But the thing is, uh, it's making way too much money. I mean, this thing is one of the highest entertainment um income ever in history so as long as they're making money on it they're not gonna um stop the production of new ideas and ways to improve it also people people do love it my brother played that for like five years straight like he played it every day and that's just like fuck dude i've moved on (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's so many other better games and they also came out with uh red dead redemption 2 they have red dead redemption 2 online so it's kind of like why are you staying on gta but they do keep coming out with new content. They got the casino. So it's funny. They actually put a casino inside the casino. Um, so essentially you're spending more money in the game at an actual casino. It's pretty insane that they actually was able to pull that off. But um, but yeah, more GTA to come. And they fixed the uh, loading time. So you know, you guys hop back on GTA. You'll have quicker loading times thanks to this online player who was able to break into the code of the game and uh, fix the bugs they had. So there you go. Hell yeah. Also in other news, um, they released a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles games that will be four players. It's another beat em up and it's called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Now this is coming out for console and PC. Um, it's just like the regular four player arcade games you used to play at any arcade. Um, Back in the 90s and early 2000s, um, I'm pretty excited for it. Yeah, it's awesome. It looks so fucking cool. I can't wait to play that. Is that going to be on consoles, though, or is that just on Steam? Yeah, so right now, um, it is going to be on PC, but it's also going to be released for console as well. Um, I'm assuming it's going to hit PC first and then consoles. Um, and ideally, you know, four players, dude, you get four of your, you know, three of your friends, you guys are going to have a good time, you know? I mean, sure, you can't go in the arcade and play, but... This is good enough, you know. This is going to bring back some good nostalgia. It's going to bring back that same energy. And uh, not to mention, it's handheld now, you know. So you're actually going to be able to fight through the levels with, like, without that time delay of, oh, insert more quarters and 
that's the only way you're going to keep playing. You're actually going to get a full-fledged yeah. game, and that's that's the awesome part of it. Yeah, I freaked out when I saw the trailer online. I was like, holy shit, because I grew up playing the arcade version of Ninja Turtles and the sequel, The Turtles in Time. The Turtles in Time port was good, but the all the ports they made for the original one were just shitty. Like, the graphics weren't there and stuff like that. So it's cool to get an actual... Like they did an HD remake of the original mm-hmm. not too long ago, like a few a few years back, and it just wasn't as good. They kind of like cartooned it up, like it made it kind of like wacky and like comical. Mm-hmm. But this this one looks fucking fantastic. I can't wait. To yeah, play. you know, I'm happy they built it from the ground up, and that's ideally what people needed. You know, you could take those classic arcade games and you can flip them and turn them into masterpieces. Now that we have the technology. We're making freaking Lion King movies and stuff from the freaking nineties on VHS, like and in real life. So like we have the technology to do crazy stuff now. And I would definitely recommend them to make more of those beat 'em up style arcade games and bring them back, you know, flesh them out, build them from the ground up, fix the bugs, fix fix the issues, and of course get rid of those uh those cash grabs where you know you gotta reach a certain point in the level or you gotta put in more quarters. You know, I ideally that's out of the picture, so you get to enjoy the game so much more. That's true. I got some video game news. Oh, go ahead, Josh, yeah. Marvel announced they put out a trailer for there's going to be Black Panther DLC for the Avengers game. Really? And Black Panther looks fucking awesome in it. <laughs> he looks amazing. Yeah, it's like uh, Wakanda's under attack, so you're just like running through Wakanda fucking people up. It looks really cool. Honestly, that's what they need right now because... Uh, their their player base is falling apart. When the game launched, it didn't have enough content in it. And right now people are fixated on in-game content. So once the game is done with, they want something to keep them going back. And you know, they were lacking on characters, on full-fledged stories. The main character wasn't that impelling, but you know, adding more characters to this game will definitely get players back into it. Definitely the Black Panther is going to be one of the biggest ones, that's for sure. But they have a few more characters they want to add before they actually end um, the live service for this game. Did you play that? Um, I played some of it, but uh, I didn't. I didn't. It wasn't for me. Um, it just wasn't for me. I didn't see the spectacle of it because they put out a bunch of trailers. The trailers were hit and miss. It didn't draw me in. So when I actually started playing the game, I didn't find the excitement there. There was no hype. There was nothing saying, hey, come back and play this. It was just, it was pretty basic. You know, it was very flashy because they wanted to hop on the whole Avengers thing. So I think it was just a cash grab, to be honest. But, you know, I mean, their, their player base explains it. They have like 100 players right now. I mean, literally it's hard to find games when you go matchmaking. So um, the player base would definitely speak if your game is uh, a success or not. Yeah, it's a shame. We also got some other news with uh, 2K Games. Uh, Tiger Woods has announced that he's going to come back and work on uh, the PGA Tour for 2K. You know, this deal is exclusively for 2K. So I never got into playing any of the PGA games. I love the graphics. I love the details of the games. But playing a golfing game isn't for me. I don't play golf in real life. So I'm definitely not going to play the game. (laughs) No, they are actually pretty fun. Oh, I can imagine they are. (laughs) Only if you're playing like with people like me, my cousin would fucking sit around and smoke a J and play some Tiger Woods, and it was pretty fun. I always preferred uh, Hot Shots though, the the like comical golfing game. Yep, those ones are funny. That and I would probably be better off playing like uh, like Mario Golf or something on the 
on a freaking Nintendo or something. I think that's, yeah. uh, you know, Donkey Kong doing a long drive or something would be awesome. At this point, it's like, who gives a fuck if Tiger Woods comes back? <laughs> like, yeah, right. <laughs> like, the only happening is because their sales have fallen enough to where they're like, it's been enough time. We can forgive all this shit. <laughs> yeah, no, you definitely bring what up some points there. Um, as of right now, that's really it for this week. Uh, it was a slow gaming week, so that's all I have for now. Yeah, we'll do a couple bits of movie news before we jump into our review. Then, because today, the day of recording here, uh, Tuesday, like I said, this comes out on Friday. They officially announced the solid release dates of the rest of the Marvel movies coming out this year because they had all been kind of in flux. But Black Widow is now officially coming out on July 9th. Shang-Chi has been pushed to September 3rd. The Eternals is coming out on November 5th. And Spider-Man 3 is coming out on December 17th. So, nice nice run of Marvel movies here soon. Well, are those all coming out on uh, Disney Plus or are they coming to theater as well? Uh, Those are all the theater release dates. Mm -hmm. The only one that's announced, I believe, that's also going to Disney Plus under premium is Black Widow. Mm. But I'm sure as they get closer, they'll announce that those are, those are also going to Disney Plus's premium. Yeah, most likely they gotta get those Disney bucks coming in. Yeah. Other than that, uh, they announced today that there will be a Steelbook Ultra HD 4K release of Zack Snyder's Justice League. There's no release date yet for it, but they, they released images of the box set and like the cover and it it does look really cool um so if you don't have hbo max you can wait it out and eventually you'll get it on uh physical media but that segues perfectly right into our our review miles welcome back to the show thank you for having me we are going to do our Zack snyder's justice league review the way this will work is we will do a non-spoiler review we'll just talk like broad strokes what we thought of the film and then we will very clearly announce when we are getting into spoilers. So if you don't want spoilers, listen up to that point. We'll say it about five or six times, and then it's on you if you don't. Spoilers. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, anyway. so I just kind of moderate this thing, and we can uh, we can talk this out. So, Miles, you're the guest. We'll start with you. What, what were your overall thoughts? How did you find Zack Snyder's Justice League? I am easy to please, but I'm going to say 4.75 out of 5 on my part. I loved it. Specific. (laughs) Yes, I thought it was fantastic. Without spoiling too much, everyone's like, oh, it's the same movie though, right? No, it is essentially an entirely different movie. There's a lot of things that they cut out of the original. There's a lot of things that they put in, like so, so much stuff they've put in. It's four hours long. So all the stuff that they put in, I'm not upset about. They fleshed out the characters really well and the plot changed a bit. So I don't, I think anyone who saw the first one and was like, hey, it was okay. They really should watch the Snyder cut. Yeah, it, it is. It is definitely much better. Even like scenes that are pretty much exactly the same are, made a lot better by like tonal shifts with the score and stuff like that. Like it definitely, uh, it's definitely better. <laughs> Quincy, what what are your thoughts on this? I loved it. I loved every moment of it. You know, there's some stuff I did want them to change, but ideally I, I would give it on a scale out of 10. I'll give a nine out of 10. <laughs> I'll get to the reason why nine and, that, and why it's not a perfect 10, but, uh, I was impressed. You know, I like the stuff they changed. Um, I like the dialogue that was changed. And, um, 
the I don't want to get too much details, but I love the change of that. Uh, it's a little bit more darker near the end compared to the CGI effects of uh, the first movie. So, yeah. Um, yes, but yeah, nine out of 10, better. essentially. And uh, I, I loved it. <laughs> much better CGI in this version. <laughs> Some parts, yeah, definitely. Like I don't, I don't want to spoil it, but there are definitely some points that I will bring up that the CGI was less than perfect. Yeah, well, it's Warner Brothers. I always have a problem with Warner Brothers graphics. I think they are years behind. I don't think, like, look at the Hobbit. I don't think the Hobbit looks good at all. I think besides the dragon, everything else looks like shit. And it's weird because they do Planet of the Apes, which is amazing. And, oh, yeah, I love and, that and movie. I love that came out great. Look like shit. It's so weird. But yeah, I th- I thought it was really good. It gave me a lot of hope that I'm hoping isn't dashed. No matter how much they say it is, like Warner Brothers, somebody from Warner Brothers immediately came out and was like, "Yeah, we're not moving forward with anything else in the Snyderverse." And- See, that doesn't make any sense to me though, because they immediately on the day that Wonder Woman eighty four, eighty six, whatever, when when that movie <laughs> dropped, day. the day it dropped, they were like, "Oh, we're making another one." Even though they, the, a couple days went by, and then everyone was like, "This movie blows," and they're like, "We're still making it." So, like the fact that everyone is like, "Yes, this movie is the shit. This is what we wanted." They're like, "Oh no, we're not doing it." Like that doesn't make any sense to me at all. I think they're trying to um, be like Marvel still, you know, essentially Marvel's, you know, putting out all these movies and uh, now with Disney Plus and stuff. So they still want to hop on the superhero bandwagon. But uh, I think there's a lot of fatigue with that already, but they still want to keep it going, you know, instead of just, you know, doing their own thing at a slower pace. Yeah. And this movie very much proves like, don't do what Marvel does. Like having an adult comic book world is kind of a great alternative to what Marvel does. Cause Marvel's not going to make like this dark rated R movie where you'll see these like gritty characters. And, and even though like a lot of DC's characters do have like a lot of hope, they do do go to a lot of darker places in the comic books than Marvel does. Like Batman has a very fucked up origin, <laughs> like, and, and has a very fucked up storyline altogether. Like, and it's good to see stuff like that on the screen. So, I mean, they can say they're not going to, and I really hope they change their mind because I hate when shit like that happens. But movie studios always seem to think they're right and always kind of like have yes men filling their brains with like, why not to do something or what? Like with the Wonder Woman thing, it was probably a bunch of yes men going, oh, no, it just did bad. And because of Corona, people couldn't see it in the movie theaters. Yeah, we'll still make a third one. And the same with this it's a bunch of yes men being like, no, no, the new track that we're on is, is perfect. The, the new ceo made this new thing and this is what we're gonna go with and they're just leaving money on the table in my opinion see i like the uh the dark and the grit you know um to me when i think of dc that's what i think of it doesn't have to be all jokes every two minutes and um you know the movie shouldn't be full of hope and rays of sunshine when i think of batman i think of darkness you know i don't think of you know rainbows and kittens you know like I want that grit. I want that action. But yeah, at the end, put some little hope on it. Put, you know, the hero aspect on it. But do your own thing. You don't have to turn it into, you know, like a a Thor Ragnarok or something like that with the colors and the flashiness. Just, you know, be you, you know? I think that comes down to Snyder, too, specifically. Like, they brought Joss Whedon in when the tragedy that Snyder's daughter committed suicide. So when they brought Joss Whedon in, he just generated a whole bunch of scenes that were not in Snyder's vision at all 
and it's pretty clear which ones they were when you watched it because it was all silly comic relief stuff and snyder was like get that shit out of here <laughs> so, <laughs> like i think that if they let if they decide after seeing all these numbers and how much money they're making from this if they go okay zach you've got dc back you can you can do this i hope they let him have the freedom that he deserves because he obviously knows what to do when left to his own devices. I think there wasn't as much like hindsight as I thought there would be. Like I thought a lot of, there would be like massive changes based on hindsight. And I don't feel like there was a ton, uh, definitely nothing that like really stood out like whole, except for like the nightmare sequence, which you see in the commercials. But I feel like he did like strike a much better balance with, this vision of this movie than he did with like Batman Superman where it's just kind of yeah it's it's, as a bad movie (laughs) yeah (laughs) I want to like it so bad because it has the best Batman anything we've ever gotten and that's the scene where he's in a warehouse and he fucks up like 15 dudes oh my god I fucking love that but the the Martha scene and just so much of it just didn't Mm -hmm. make any sense so I understand why the execs were like ooh I don't know Zach (laughs) but after this one I think he's definitely redeemed himself yeah well let's get into spoilers because because we're not going to talk about this for like an hour and a half <laughs> spoilers prepare for spoilers all right yeah so, i just uh, love it so much like <laughs> if you haven't uh watched Zack snyder's justice league yet do not listen from this point forward or you will have lots of things spoiled for you it is weird too because even watching this i'm like it is like plot point wise it's still on paper it's like the same movie so it is hard to like spoil certain things like you know dark sides in this movie you know like superman wears a black suit instead you know that steppenwolf looks differently like there wasn't a lot of major things changed where it's like oh my god if you haven't seen it this is the big reveal or whatever i don't know martian manhunter kind of was a big reveal yeah but it's one of those things it's like the bane of Zack snyder's existence he can't help but put out material and talk about what's going to be in his movies like right before it came out a couple days before it came out he was putting out a new like gif or little trailer every day on his twitter and he put out a gif of dark side in atlantis shooting his omega beams and i tweet going i didn't want to see that like i didn't want to know and thankfully it was only in like in a vision in the movie but out of context i'm like that's a huge plot point that i didn't want to see like stop didn't you learn your lesson from Batman Superman? Like, I think a, a lot of people would have liked Batman Superman a lot better if they didn't know everything going into the movie. You could watch every trailer that was put out for those, the, the fucking like 20 trailers that got put out for Batman Superman. If you compile it all, you could watch that whole movie in like 20 minutes. And it's like the same thing here. Like he already had announced like, yeah, I'm going to put Martian Manhunter in this and it's going to be that actor from Man of Steel and it's not really going to make sense, but I'm going to kind of shove it in there for no no reason. That was kind of my only issue with the film. It didn't, it just was kind of forced and it didn't really make any sense. Hmm. Interesting. I was all stoked to see that shit. I was like, Oh, that's Martian Manhunter. My girlfriend's like, huh? You bad guy. And I was like, no, you don't understand. (laughs) But when it was announced, I was hoping they were going to like add him into the fight scenes and stuff. Yeah, he definitely should have been a part of it. You know, he should have played a major part of it. I mean, he did in, in a way, but not uh, dramatically to change the, the tide of uh, the battles or anything. 
especially the fact that he is a completely CGI character. So you could easily put him into every single scene you want to and not, you know, you don't have to refilm anything. Since I had just watched Batman versus Superman, I recognized him as uh, in that one, or at least the three hour version one. I don't know about the original yeah, cut, he's in the regular but movie. he's in that one too. And he plays a senator that pushes Lois Lane in the right direction as far as investigating the special bullets and all that stuff. And like, I don't know. I think it's kind of cool that now he's revealed that that was Martian Manhunter the whole time. It kind of adds rewatch value. He's the colonel in Man of Steel. Which kind of like leans to why didn't you fucking help out ever before? Like Zack Snyder said that his reasoning for having him revealed in this movie was like he finally sees a threat big enough to to join the fight for. And it's like, well, what about when Kryptonians were going to destroy the entire Earth and change the entire environment, which would have killed him? Or when Doomsday existed and was going to kill everyone on the planet? Like, or the f- fact that he didn't do that in this movie. He didn't step up and join the fight. He waited till everything was solved and then was like, yeah, next time, if you guys need a hand, just let me know. <laughs> yeah, well, you should have got up, asshole, and, and been there for us no matter what, though. I mean, like, this, this could have been life-changing. He didn't know what was going to happen in the end, you know? Can't just sit on the sidelines. Yeah, that's totally my role. Whenever there's like something that needs to be done, they're like, Miles, come help. I'm the guy who's just like, let me know if you need anything. And then when it's over, I'm like, man, I'm glad I helped. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think about the the redesign of Steppenwolf and his and because not only was he redesigned physically, I mean, his, his whole character was basically redesigned, even though it's the same voice actor. He acted a lot different. He was a lot more. Uh, he was a lot more of an actual character in this film. I feel like um, they like I, made okay. him compelling. You know, like I didn't care about him the first time. I didn't even remember his name after I watched the first time going through Justice League. So the fact that they fleshed him out a little bit was pretty great. What do you think, Quincy? I think he had great character development. Um, I love his his uh, his new design. Um, the other design looked too human like. Like he could have been on that world and just got mutated or something and too CGI. Um, it was way too like yeah it's just something CGI. about it bothered me like i looked at it and i'm like i don't like that there's something about it i just don't like i don't know what it is i just don't like it this one he seemed more fleshed out his character was on a mission he has some redemption i think overall he added a better dynamic to the story in this this version of snyder's cut but uh you know i love the ending of course you know uh when he gets his head cut off but uh I think that's yeah. a better uh, awesome. better way to go <laughs> and more epic. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely awesome. So, yeah, I, I definitely like um, this stuff a lot better. Did you guys uh, – are you guys Game of Thrones people? Do you like that show? I watched okay. it, yep. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't realize who played Steppenwolf is the guy who played Mance Raider in Game of Thrones, which is pretty cool. I'd really? Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> Game of Thrones is good TV, man. Yeah, until the last season, just ignore that that even happens. So. Yeah, that, that was terrible. <laughs> I think the yeah. one scene though I didn't enjoy was, um, you know, the the whole you know underwater scene with um, Aquaman and you know that down there fighting. I didn't think it was enough. It's just like they didn't even like have a battle. They didn't even stand to try to defend the box. It was they had like four guards and like this is it. This is like the last defense. And I'm like. You guys know this, you know, he might be potentially coming here. You know something's going to happen. They actually put in dialogue to explain it. Like, 
talking about how Ocean Master is like a shitty king and he's like now like he put his forces in other places and stuff like that. Like they didn't mention any of that in the original one. They it was just like that. Like, oh, they just showed up and there's two people here and he kills them and takes the box. <laughs> I know, but it, I thought it was just painful to watch. It was just the forces are set so thin. I mean, compared to the Amazonians, I mean, they were they were badass out there, you know, doing their <laughs> thing. They freaking sunk the entire building. And, um, you know, I thought that was awesome. Like, it's just like they put an effort to to stop this. But down there on the water, they were like, what the hell? Let him just take what he wants. <laughs> Mira was pretty badass though when she like started sucking the blood out of his face. That shit was crazy. Yeah, I really like that. I love her design much better in in Justice League, both of both Justice Leagues than I did in Aquaman. And I liked Aquaman, but her like Jessica Rabbit red hair <laughs> really bothered me. Like I think she looks much better as like a natural redhead. Um, the scene I did like with the Atlanteans was when Steppenwolf and the Parademons were dragging the Atlanteans out of the water. Yeah, yes. and like yes. torturing them for information. That scene was fucking awesome. Yeah, what do you like, think? I like that brain bug, bug thing. Yeah, that, yes, that, I was gonna say that. That's spiders pretty awesome. That was weird. <laughs> um, so as far as the bad CGI I mentioned earlier, the main place that I I just did a podcast about this ten minutes ago, but <laughs> <laughs> the main thing that I noticed was when Batman's like blowing up buildings with the Batmobile at the end of the movie. Well, the end of the original, the middle of this movie. <laughs> Um, there's like a tower that falls down and it definitely didn't have that fine polish the rest of the movie had on it. Yeah. But some people were saying the CGI was terrible, but overall, I think that might've been the only thing I really noticed that. And the fact that Henry Cavill's face is always a cartoon. <laughs> All right. I found it very not noticeable in this one. When you compare it to the last one, Jesus Christ, his face looks like a monster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> I saw a thing today that said like it was from Zack Snyder explaining why when Superman resurrected, he finally stops like trying to kill everybody. Because <laughs> um, in the beginning, as you see uh, Lois Lane has a pregnancy test in her drawer. And apparently, according to Zack Snyder, uh, when Lois arrives, he can like hear the heartbeat of the baby. So she is pregnant. So then like that's what kind of like snaps him out of his, his <laughs> psychotic rage that he's in. I thought those oh, scenes were a lot better with fighting when they were the whole team was fighting Superman, and that uh, there is some added stuff. There's added stuff with the Flash in there, but there is also it's one of the best scenes where it comes to the fact that changing the score changes the entire feel of the film. Like the score, like, and I didn't even notice the score being bad in the original. It just the score fits the scenes much better in this one to where it makes you actually give a shit about what you're seeing a lot more. It's crazy how just changing the music and like altering the, like the lighting of the film changes the whole like experience of it. It's awesome. Did you guys think that uh, the cyborg story improved how the audience perceives cyborg? Yeah, I thought that they gave Cyborg a more fleshed out um, story. Um, Compelling, you you cared about him more. You know, his interests, you know, his morals, his dilemmas, what he's dealing with his father. Um, that scene when he's seeing his father, you know, being picked up by Stephen Wolf, you know, he, he yelled, you know, he was more engaged, like, hey, you know, you know, me and my father are going through shit, but hey, that's my father. Like, 
put him down, you know, it, it made you care about him a little bit more, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely made him. him Absolutely. More, at the beginning, though, at, at the beginning, when he like first realizes his powers, which was a super cool scene, like they made him a hundred times better when they explained his actual powers. And like he just I guess I had forgotten that he helped the girl like because her house burned down. So he just like starts accessing all these files where he's looking at that girl like everywhere she goes and i was like whoa is he gonna be a stalker in this movie like did they completely change him and make him a bad guy but i'm glad they didn't stick with that yeah i was waiting for an explanation to who she was like if it was his girlfriend in college or something and then they just kind of like never Never explained it back to it so i was like but yeah i did like cyborg a lot more in this i do see a lot of people saying that like his character and and his development in this film like stole the show I still don't really feel like he got enough time for it to be like that. Like Zack Snyder said, one of his biggest issues with the original film was that they took out all of Cyborg's stuff that made him interesting because he was supposed to be like the focal point of the film. And I still don't feel like he was like the focal point of the film. But he did have a much more fleshed out and defined character in this movie. And I did love how he like hated and resented his father for everything like they had completely taken out that subplot from the original cut of the film yeah yeah he felt like a tool in the original one he was just like oh here's the computer man he's gonna do computer things but like he felt like a legit one of the most powerful superheroes in this especially when they just like explained how he can communicate basically with any object like that's fantastic yeah i thought he felt like he was part of the team and um you know he definitely came through and you know when he needed to and I like his screen time. I like Cyborg. He's not a, a bad character, um, but I like they that they fleshed him out a lot more than they did in the previous film. Mm-hmm. How'd you guys feel about Jared Leto's cameo? Yeah, let's get to this nightmare sequence. I I kind of wish that they had like broken that up throughout the film and like had more of it and kind of like telling two stories at the same time that are a little parallel. But they didn't. They just kind of threw it at the end. Like here you go. Here's this nightmare. We had this footage. Told yeah. you about. <laughs> and it's like, I like the scene and all. And I thought that Jared Leto did a little bit better than he did in Suicide Squad. But he's still like, his voice isn't there. He was very like, I don't know, like 60s, 50s slapstick, kind of like Jerry Lewis y. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I understand. Like, the Joker is supposed to be a comedian, but I don't know. I did. I didn't. I didn't hate it, and I did like how aggressive Batman was, <laughs> like telling him he's he like, "I'm gonna, gonna fucking kill, kill you." I love it. <laughs> I didn't hate it or like like it. Like, um, I just thought like it went on for too long, and I kind of felt like he was trying a little too hard. Like it wasn't natural, but you know, I I did enjoy the dialogue for the most part, but I thought it was a little bit you know drawn out for the most part. It definitely felt like this was on the cutting room floor, and we just want to give you what we got. So, but Jared Letters, someone was saying to me that like his laugh changed and that he was like, he sounded dry. And then I thought about it. I was like, well, he is in the desert walking with Batman. Like I'd probably be a little dried out too. Mm, but murdery Batman, I don't understand why he would be like, you're not going to kill me. It's like, didn't you see the last like 15 years of him murdering everybody? <laughs> Yeah, my brother brought that up after Batman versus Superman, and it was the best point that I could see because I didn't really have a problem with him killing people. I I did kind of have a problem with the way he was killing people and how flippantly he was murdering everyone in Batman Superman. But my brother made a point of like 
why? Because at that point we were supposed to get Batman movies, and he was like, why would there be Batman movies? Like, why would any of his villains still be alive if he has no problem killing like Lex Luthor's henchmen that haven't even literally done anything wrong? Like, why would the Joker still be alive, especially after killing Robin? Like, why wouldn't he just snap his fucking neck? Right. Well, yeah, isn't that part of like the killing joke where you know they're trying to fit? Well, you know, Joker is essentially saying like this is us forever. It's just us. Like, you know, we're connected no matter what. You're not going to kill me. You can't kill me. It's us. You know. So it's. I think they're trying to play off of that more. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's that's kind of why you need to like keep that line where he doesn't kill people. That way, he seems like morally just because this like having him do that and having his villains be alive still when he's just killing randos it's like what is your game here like are you on the side of the bad guys like giving them slaps on the wrist but you're killing people who are committing misdemeanors like it doesn't make any sense just start killing off criminals and crippling them and snapping their necks but keeping the real bad guys alive (laughs) Yeah, it's. I think he didn't start killing people till Robin died, but it had been years when Batman versus Superman happened. So there's just a huge trail of dead bodies that yeah. should have led to the Joker, and I don't. I don't understand why. And like, why was he branding people for the first half of that movie, and then just mowing people down with a Gatling gun in the middle yeah. of the movie? Like, that's one make of my it. biggest issues with that film is that they do have Alfred say like when it when Alfred finds out he's branding people to get them kind of like killed or raped in prison he's like is this what we're we've become like now we're cruel and awful people which is like oh good like batman's becoming like more brutal and alfred doesn't like it but then he starts fucking mowing people down and alfred's like yep right radio sir no issue here (laughs) it's like a little dark and overboard (laughs) speaking of alfred uh and the snyder cut i mean he had a lot more time in there but uh i feel like in the snyder cut they made him like I don't know like they they made him super smart like batman answers so much to alfred like i feel like batman was taken away from his own like detective skills you know besides just being like the rich guy but he heavily obviously relies on alfred you know yeah alfred is solid man i i really like jeremy irons does a great job even though he like openly was like i only took it for the money like i don't care to be alfred at all i don't care i thought he did great yeah so jeremy irons he always does great We've never gotten a bad uh, butler. We haven't gotten any of them. They're, like yeah. everyone has been so excellent. And Andy Serkis is going to be the one in the Battinson one, so we know that's going to be. Good. I fucking love Andy Serkis. All right. So final thoughts here. My the biggest point of contention that I think is: Do you think it needed to be four hours? My my biggest takeaway here is just from what I know from editing, what the editing I do. If you cut a second here or there, that all adds up. So if you're doing that over a four-hour period, you're really going to knock off some time. I mean, there's I felt like there, there's plenty of stuff where you could get this down to three hours and you're going to tell the exact same story. And it was nothing, really. The, the long scene where the girls were singing when Aquaman went in the water. Oh, my God. I was like, no wonder this movie's going to be four hours long. I forgot about that. I forgot about that. Yeah, They're just milking the whole movie. <laughs> and the second flash scene where with the pet store, like I did really like that scene, but it did go on a little too long. 
And those are like big things. But I mean, there were so many like like when Bruce comes back from seeing Aquaman and he gets off the helicopter and he goes onto the plane. That's that's perfectly fine scene. But then they literally show you like a they change angles and they show you the helicopter, like take off and fly away. And it's like, that's completely useless. That's 15 seconds right there. You cut, like if you do all these little things like that, you could get it at least closer. You know, you could get it to three fifteen, and that's a serviceable movie enough to just watch it on its own. Hmm. I was going to say, did you notice the, um, the anti-life equation? I know Stefan will finds it on earth here, but, and, um, and Whedon's film, wasn't it on the battlefield, like on the actual battlefield that was in that cutback scene? Well, I don't they mention it in, jo- in Joss Whedon's version. Yeah, but in that battle, I'm pretty sure it was like create, like carved into the ground or something. Yeah. I think like I thought I saw it in there too. Yeah. It's like they're fighting above it, but in this one, Stephen Wolves finds it. Yeah, I thought it was really weird. I didn't understand when like apparently that big symbol that gets opened up in the ground is supposed to be the anti-life equation and they show dark side fighting everyone as they just kind of replace dark side in the scene that steppenwolf wasn't in the original one but he is taken out and then they flee and then now in the future steppenwolf's telling dark side like oh this is that planet that that happened on and it's like what did they they just lost the fucking coordinates like they went the fuck did they not like you didn't write that down <laughs> that's important information. <laughs> take some pictures <laughs> the uh that was one plot point that was a hole with dark side the other one was steppenwolf's in the doghouse because he betrayed him but they never explain what happened or why or like I thought that the dude with the axe who supposedly is Hawkman, I don't know, but the guy who like dropped the axe right into Darkseid's chest, I thought that was Steppenwolf and then they like cursed him or whatever, but no no explanation. That was Ares, who is the guy from Wonder Woman. So he was a good guy and then he became a bad guy. I don't know. That was a little weird. Like why they should have had that. They should have had Steppenwolf on the battlefield with Darkseid in that scene. And then one dark side gets hurt. Steppenwolf is the now in charge and is the one that's like, let's retreat and get the fuck out of here. And have that be the reason he's in the doghouse. Be like, yo, you didn't step the fuck up and kill all these dudes. <laughs> yeah, that makes more sense. Snyder should have given us a call just to make sure everything was cool. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, Zach, you, you hit us up on Twitter. And we'll we'll, be, we'll <laughs> glance over your next script. We'll point out all the plot holes. all right fellas well uh miles thanks for joining us again this was super fun as always my pleasure thanks for having me why don't you tell everyone where they can find your amazing show online oh uh you can look for the disc dump on uh all social medias and wherever you get your podcast it's a show where we watch movies play games or listen to music in an effort to decide are we going to keep the disc or are we going to dump it because i just have a huge pile of dvds and cds and shit so every episode we pick one we talk about it and decide if i want to keep it or kill it and uh we're starting one called toast of the realms which is going to be a live play D podcast but that's a little ways out yet so that's it that's how you find me hell yeah and you can find this show uh fmbn podcast on twitter fmbn the number four and the letter u on 
Facebook and Instagram. We have a T Public store, tpublic.com forward slash FMBN. So I'm Josh. I'm Miles. And I'm Q. And this is the Four Nerds by Nerds podcast signing off. Bye. You stay nerdy, my friends. There it is. <laughs> <laughs>